Bob Tasca, your funny car winner from the four wide nationals in Las Vegas, joining us here in the Peak Nation. Now, Bob, if if I would have asked you this question before you won the four wide nationals, because all you bastards and ladies have uh, an opinion on the four wides. <laughs> Are you a fan of the four wide nationals, Bob Tasca? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I, when I got to Vegas, I said to Mike Neff and John Schaefer, I said, listen, I got two bucket list, like two bucket list items. I said, I always want to win in Vegas. And I, and I want to win a four wide. I said, and boys, we can do both of those this weekend. So my feeling is on the four wide, uh, I'm a purist. So in the ultimate moments, particularly in the, in the countdown, you know, mono e mono, that's, that's what I sign up for. However, I think four wide twice a year is one of the coolest events that happen on our circuit. It is wild, both as a driver and a fan, you know, from staging to, having no idea really who won the race when you get out of the car. So I, I love the fact that we do it twice a year and it speaks for itself because it's one of the highest attended races that we have. Uh, but if I'm going for the championship at Pomona, uh, I like to be one-on-one because I'll tell you one thing, fellas, it's hard to win a four wide. I mean, <laughs> that last quad, no matter what happens is going to be stacked with talent. And then you got to be three, not, not one. So, it's a really hard uh, race to win, and it certainly was a, a great win for us to get out there in Vegas. One of the long-standing names in the NHRA, Tasca and Bob Tasca the third, joining us here in the Freak Nation, funny car winner from the Four Wide Nationals in Las Vegas. Now let's let's jump a generation or go back up a generation. What does the old man think about four wide racing? Well, my dad loves racing. My dad raced six wide. You know, uh, they, as a kid, he raced. They raced uh, raindrops going down the window. Him and, and my uncle Carl. So, uh, you get my dad to a race, and he's fired up. Um, you know, it's great to have him there. He had a lot of health issues last year, and this was his first race in you know almost a year and a half. So, it was awesome to have him on the starting line uh, to see his win. Bob Tasker, you seem like a purist. So does that mean like some of the people that are, are starting to argue on social media that on some of the longer tracks like Sonoma or Las Vegas, that maybe we could return to the quarter mile, 1,320 feet instead of 1,000 feet? So the problem with that is it comes down to safety, right? So if you have the long tracks, then, then you check the box. The problem is, is that how do you slow the car down? So we're running, I ran 331.77 um, in Las Vegas at a thousand feet. Okay. And the wick is pretty much burnt out on it. So now you're talking about making dramatic changes to the setup, like knocking two cylinders off. Right. So I don't know how you do it safely and cost effectively to go back to a quarter mile. So I've always said this to the fans. Do you want us to go slow to a quarter mile, or do you want us to go as fast as we possibly can to a thousand feet? And and that's really the question that it comes down to because to go back to a quarter mile at this point, I mean the cars run three hundred and fifty miles an hour. And Goodyear, they're not gonna sign off on it. They get nervous when we go over three hundred and thirty, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I just don't know how to how to answer that question safely. Would would I love to go back to a quarter mile? And figure it all out and snap our fingers. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. But the, the racing and no one can dispute this has never been closer. We've never been faster, 
and quicker. And, um, I mean, I won Gainesville against Hagen in the first round by point oh 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 one one ten thousandth of a second. At, we both ran over 330 miles an hour. So I don't, think, I don't think the racing has ever been more exciting than it is right now. And to be quite frank with you, as a driver sitting in the car, I don't care if we're talking about, you know, Sonoma or, or you know, even Phoenix for that matter. If everything goes wrong and we lose a tire, a catastrophic event happens in the lights, I got 320 more feet, no matter how you slice it, to scrub speed off. And before the ultimate impact, you're going to hit something. And, and that's really what, what it's come down to is, is just safety and affordability of running these cars. I don't see us going back to a, to a quarter mile with these setups. That is a fantastic response. And that's a great way to address the fans. Do you want us to slow down and be less safe and go to a quarter mile? Or do you want us to give you the amazing 10 thousandths of a second finishes and be faster and be more exciting at a thousand feet? You just, yeah. Anytime anybody debates that anymore, I'm using the Bob Tasca, the third response. Thank you for that. You got it. Thank you. I'm glad you you, you saw it that way because some people still don't, but, um, Hey, listen, it is what it is. That's right. what's wonderful about NHRA fans. They're so passionate, you know, you know, right or wrong, up or down. I mean, they're just so passionate. And, you know, it's it's the it's a real it's the only reason why I'm out there. I tell you one thing, I've never been more excited going back racing just to see the fans. You know, last year was such a you know, it was so deflating going to these racetracks and there's nobody there. And and just to see the fans and the energy and you know, you start to see life going back to normal, you know, that that's really exciting for me. Bob Tasca III, his first ever four-wide win, his first win in Vegas, checking off the bucket list. He's joining – oh, and then joining the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. Of course, that was one of your bucket list items as well. Let's talk about Atlanta coming up. A lot of changes with Atlanta because this is the last Atlanta race, the Lucas Oil Southern Nationals. And then there's also a new Christmas tree that's debuting. There's Is this going to be kind of an emotional race to see such a big city and a – relatively historic track go away from the schedule yeah hey listen i mean no one likes to see a track go away we saw our english town um you know atlanta there's be nothing greater than having your name etched on the last wally that's handed out there i've been racing there for many many years um you know there's a pipeline of other tracks you know one door closes and other opens you know there's a pipeline of other tracks that are vying uh, for that spot so that's going to be exciting next year to see what nhra announces to to fill that slot um, but yeah, heck, I want to go there. I want to win the last Atlanta race and, you know, keep this points lead that we took coming out of Vegas. You know, we tested all day Monday after the win, um, you know, get ready for, you know, these hot track setups, which we're going to be, um, you know, rolling into these next couple of months. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I can't wait to get to Atlanta. Sorry to see it go, but I'm excited to see what happens next year, too. I wondered why you stayed in Vegas for a while. I assumed you were partying, but now I get it. You were testing. Understandable. Yeah. But on to Atlanta. And there's there's a lot of rumors right now about Phoenix potentially going away. Again, the age-old thing of developers coming in and making something else of the land. Who are these tracks in the pipeline, though? I, I'm very curious. Well, I, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk. I, I, I probably know more than I should know. You know, being <laughs> involved with NHRA, but I can just tell you, there's there's a bunch of tracks that are excited about uh, some of the open slots. There's, you know, all the the rumors behind Phoenix. Um, 
you know, are really unfounded at this point. I've, I've spoken directly with NHRA on it. Uh, you know, Phoenix is excited to have us come back next year, but you know, that's just evolution, right? I mean, that's just yeah. what happens in our sport and uh, it's been happening for years. It's not going to stop. And like I said, one door closes, others open. Uh, there's a lot of great places around the country to race. And we have so many amazing tracks that we go to now. Bob Tasca, funny car winner, four wide nationals at Las Vegas in the Lucas Oil Studios. Bob, you've been around the sport long enough that your father was in the sport. How do we look at drag racing from the inside and grow the sport? So many people don't want to change. They're afraid of change. How do we grow drag racing? Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of all of it. First off, I mean, our product is fantastic. Yep. I mean, no one's going to come to an NHRA race and be disappointed. The quality of racing has never been better. So that that foundation we have planted solidly. Um, access to hospitality and activation. I don't. Again, I don't know of another platform where where every single ticket's a pit pass. You can come into the pits with sponsors activating and literally be right next to to the race car. Um, you know, TV. I, I think that we're we're in a way better better spot than we've been. You know, with Fox and and more um, national Fox broadcasts uh, this year, uh, they've grown. They've dramatically helped grow up our, our platform. And then I'm, I'm really excited about Camping World. You know, you you have a you know a brilliant CEO there that looked at our sport when Coca Cola pulled out last year and jumped in. I mean, you know, who's more innovative, you know, than Marcus? So. Uh, I think that that we're in a great place. I mean, we are growing. Our TV ratings are going up when when most motorsports are going down. Our fan attendance has has been growing where most has been going down. So I think when you you peel the onion back on what NHRA has done over the last three years, obviously an asterisk on COVID uh, as far as attendance goes, but but again, our viewership was up last year. So I, I think we are growing as a sport. I think you're going to see electrification. I'm a big proponent of electrification. Uh, you're going to see uh, much more with that over the coming years, which I think is going to bring in a whole other category of fans and racers. So I, I, I am, you know, maybe I'm, you know, a little biased, uh, but I see great things with with NHRA, and it's not me talking. Just go look at some of the data. Bob Tasco, when the Speed Freak started more than 20 years ago, we were promoting sport compact drag racing. That went nowhere. Now you're talking about electric vehicles, EVs. How does the NHRA bring EVs into the sport and will the public buy it? Well, in my opinion, and it's strictly my opinion, although I've I've made it pretty vocal to NHRA, I, I like to see two platforms. I like to see an all electric, let's call it pro stock platform, pro stock car with, um, let's say the, the electric Cobra jet platform and let that be the halo brand of electric. And then I want to see the entry level. I want to see the Mustang Mach-E's and the Tesla's and any other electric car out there at the, you know, Wednesday night, bring your car to the racetrack mm. race. Right. So you come from two extremes, the entry, entry level where you're buying them off the show floor and racing them. And you go from the top, more of a professional category where, where you can see these things run in the seven safely um, and have some unbelievable side-by-side racing with, with all the technology from launch control and traction control and, you know, whatever you can throw at it. Cause that's really what, what electrification brings to the table. And, um, 
I think it'd be hugely successful. I really, I really do. And, and I'm not saying NHRA is going to do exactly that, but, but electrification is not going away. Uh, it's here to stay. It's going to, it's going to rapidly grow. And, and what better platform to highlight pure straight line acceleration for electric electrification other than NHRA. <laughs> we need you on more often. Your views all around different aspects of the sport are phenomenal. This is great. This is great because I would love to see that too. Hey, Bob, how many how many vehicles did you sell in the last seven days after that win in uh, Las Vegas? No, well, we've been selling. Well, our problem isn't selling right now. Our problem is buying. You know, with this this uh, chip shortage. I mean, we've had record sales uh, <laughs> this year across all our Ford stores. And and the biggest challenge, you know, Jim Farley was quoted yesterday in Automotive News. One of the, you know, the biggest shocks to the supply chain that he's ever seen has been this chip shortage. And um, you know, we're starting to feel it. We're really starting to feel it in the pipeline. So you know, hopefully they figure out how to build more computer chips quickly here because demand has been great. You know, you look at Ford's lineup with the Mustang Mach-E, the all-new F-150. You got the um, uh, the Bronco Sport, the all-new big Bronco coming. I mean, I don't know as a Ford dealer last time I've been this excited about the product pipeline that Ford has coming and that's here today. And we can't buy them. You know, it gets a little <laughs> harder to buy them. So I never thought I'd say that before. But I'm sure the, the guys out in Detroit are going to figure out how to how to get more computer chips. <laughs> Bob Tasker III, your NHRA four-wide nationals Las Vegas winner here in the Peak Nation. Bob, thanks for doing this, buddy. Let's make sure to get you back in here after you win a time or two hey, listen, this year. So- sounds good. Sounds good to me. Great to be on with you guys and, uh, you know, call anytime. Thanks, man. Bye.